all time disappeared and I was in this sexy vortex and I could feel every cell of my body. It felt like it was endless. Hello and welcome to Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to shameless sex. I'm one of your hosts <laughs> and I'm joined by my pretty and peach co-host, Sarah. There's so much like beigey, peachy loveliness going on. I find it very pleasing. Yeah, this is the vibe. We've got like every kind of wood color mm. and I've got a lot of like skin tony pinks and mm -hmm. beiges and browns and yeah it's it's a vibe i'm liking it i have been sitting at this desk for i think we're going on 10 hours so <laughs> at some Girl. point soon it's so funny because we're talking all about like body work and somatics and stuff today and i'm like yeah. i just want to move my body it's very soon you'll be free yeah. After we talk about somatics, maybe you can do some. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, what's giving you a fuck yeah lately? Cherries. Cherries? <laughs> the fruit? Yes. Oh, that's we, nice. Cherries have had a late season this year. Oh. And I just have gone all in on, the, like, every week I've gotten cherries, and I uh -huh. usually don't, like, I'm like, oh, I'll get cherries as, like, a special treat. And I've been washing them and leaving them out on the counter. And like every time I walk by, I just like have a cherry and then oh. make a little trip over to the trash can, spit the pit out. And it's just, they're so luscious. They're delicious. They feel good in your mouth. Mm -hmm. It's not overwhelming to have to deal with all the pits when you're just eating like one at a time. So I'm having cherries all the time. It's lovely. You have a crush on cherries this summer. I do. I have a big old crush on cherries. It's your celebrity crush right now. We all know <laughs> cherries. It's true. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it feels very, I, I feel like a fancy lady with my cherries. Because you have fruit. That's nice. Your stone fruit fancy. Yes. And I, I love me some stone fruit. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you're connecting with something so wholesome. Like yes. literally nourishing. I made a blueberry compote the other day. What's a compote? You slow cook the fruit so that it it's like a quick jam almost. Mm. We ate it on, on pancakes because our wow. new routine in our house, which I love, is Sundays are pancakes and skincare. Oh, wow. So we have a different kind of pancake on Sundays. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to start repeating pancakes but I made a blueberry compote and put it onto grain-free pancakes they were delicious so tasty it's just such a different world every time you describe your relationship <laughs> with your child what you guys do on Sundays it's like such a brodeo over here yeah that sounds lovely oh my god mm. can you imagine if I tried to institute skincare day they might get really try. into it. Peel they masks. They might love it. Kids yeah. love peel masks because they're weird and you get to, and they're like a oh, mask and you get to take them that. off your face. Yeah. And it's just fun because we walk around the house looking like shiny, glimmery weirdos and it's yeah. lovely. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm wanting to interact with my kids differently when they come back from this big long trip because now that I've calmed down a little, like I, for one, plan on apologizing to them. I'd be like, mom was stressed. I can now <gasps> see how stressed out I was now oh, that I had a little distance. I want to thank them for the time off. Yeah. And then just be like, I want you to really feel like I'm a safe place for you guys. Oh, and actually you, you talking about your relationship with Ruby has really made me feel like a lot more like I want to connect with them in that way. Like a lot of the connection mm -hmm. we do is like superficial boy stuff or you know, it's a lot of a, pretending to attack each other. That's like primarily, yeah. you know, they interact with each other. Yeah. Get some of those somatics in there. 
I think it's really smart. Like I think yeah. we can apply a lot of what we learn even in our sex lives about tuning in and connecting and doing that also with our kids. Mm-hmm. And I took our mutual friend Jenny to the Korean spa. It's her birthday today and she had never been and she's Ooh. 45. And um, I got her the classic scrub massage thing where they're just throwing hot water on you and, you know, sandpapering off all your skin and treating you so well, so well. And, and it was a very in tune experience. They wash your hair and they, and they put a mask, they grind up cucumbers and just cake it on your face. So the whole thing I was trying to think because of things we've talked about in this podcast. I'm trying to recognize the pleasure. Even at one point, Jenny and I were in the cold pool and I was pushing my hands against hers just lightly. And I said, this is pleasure. You're feeling pleasure. And as soon as it's not pleasure, you're going to get out. And I like kind of pushed her back. And it was like this interesting connection moment. But while I was getting the whole scrub and the massage thing, they get you so oiled up it's amazing you stay on the wet table. You get so oiled up and they move really fast. Like all of this really fast neck work was happening with Mm. knuckles and everything. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, this is pleasure while Mm. she was doing it. And if she had done it for maybe two minutes, I would have orgasmed. (gasps) It definitely felt like that where I was like, I am tuning into another part of my body and this is so pleasurable and so vigorous and invigorating. Like this could be orgasmic, but anyway, it's, it was just such a nice like delight to connect it that way. And it really applies to what we're talking about today Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. Amy. Yeah. We have Amy Baldwin of Shameless Sex on the podcast. Yes. And uh, Amy is a sex and relationship coach who we've known a long time through the pleasure product side of the industry because she's also the lead educator uh, for Uber Lube. But I feel like people don't know how much training Amy has in somatic experiential energetic practices like Mm -hmm. she's just a constant student of sex so she's trained in somatica and the hokami method she's a certified sexuality educator and she is the co-host along with april lampert of shameless sex which is i think the number one sex podcast today (laughs) they're definitely in the top five and it's a lot of fun. They're both very high energy. Yes. They are high energy and positive, just spreading the gospel of mm-hmm. shame-free sexuality and sex. Yeah. So I, I think it's wonderful. We also had April on in our first mm-hmm. season. So you can check that out. We were talking about plant medicine. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, she yeah. blew my mind multiple yeah. times in that conversation. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. Oh, so I'm excited to have Amy on. Should we get to it? Yep. Let's do it. Amy. Hi, welcome to fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm so happy to be on. Fuck. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I know this has been a long time in the making. You've been on our wish list since the beginning. Oh yeah. Well, we are excited to have you two on our show. So, uh, the feeling is mutual. (laughs) (laughs) So we like to warm our guests up before we dive into deep conversations. So I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Oh, I love this. This is like my worst nightmare. Let's do this. (laughs) Think really quickly, Amy. (laughs) You'll like them. I think. Okay. What is your favorite thing to wear right now? My birthday suit. Ah. <laughs> naked, just naked. Yeah. The naked are the better. Do you have a setup in your home where you can easily be naked? Because we just had Dr. Shannon Chavez on and she was talking about sunning your genitals. And I had to find this tiny little corner of my backyard where I could do it because the neighbors totally like see into my yard. So now I'm like, need to know everyone's hacks for being (laughs) naked. I don't want to skip past that you went out and sunned your 
genitals. Yes. But did you get the butthole though? Like, what are we talking? No, I didn't. I didn't do like a full flip. I was splayed. I was actually sort of facing away from the sun. So I don't think any sun reached my butthole. Okay. Yeah. It was more like top of the vulva. Yeah. So my house is your perfect nudist's house. Um, I don't identify as like full nudist, but I mean, in my perfect world, if I could could be naked all the time, I totally would, but I would probably get yeast infections all the time and I Mm -hmm. would probably go to jail, but I would prefer that. And also I get cold really easily, blah, blah, blah. But I love just being in my skin. So the house I live in is an ADU behind my friend's house and it has a perfectly fenced yard designed by our other friend who owned the property before so you could be naked in the yard so we have a hot tub mm-hmm. outdoor showers outdoor bear claw tubs a sauna and yes my rent wow. is very expensive for a tiny shoebox of a one bedroom but it is very worth it so. <laughs> this sounds like some northern california shit right here it is yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> just walking out sun's out hey doing laundry naked it's great oh, i love it have you always been comfortable being naked or is it something you had to work on Oh, definitely had to work on that. I think maybe when I was 25, 26, running around with a whole bunch of wild party people, probably taking some MDMA here and there that inspired Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, nudity and like group play sessions. And, and from there, I just got more and more comfortable in my skin. And now it doesn't require the MDMA and the group play sessions. Just, I don't, I just, I don't really care who I'm around as long as I'm not offending them. And it's not like invading their, you know, the consent or boundaries of being a naked person. But yeah, yeah, it, it took work to get there and just feeling comfortable with my skin. I think part of it's also like really owning my bush. I love my pubic mm. hair. Yeah, I mean, I still, you know, trim lightly around depending on the day or the month. You never know. Yeah, just really embracing my body and it's in its uh, mostly natural form other than like the light trims that I do. So feels right. good. Who was your first celebrity crush? His name is Andrew Keegan. This is a lot easier than I thought. Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're killing it. You're killing it. Yeah. Andrew Keegan. uh, And no one knows him, likely. uh, But he had a huge poster on my wall next to my bed. He was, I forgot what the movie that he was in when I was like, 12 or 13 but he was in like to the teen beat or whatever all those magazines were and I would make out with the poster to practice making out which is not that legit because it's like a dead end <laughs> right but we yeah. all did it we all did it I also would make out with a shower wall to practice making out again another dead end but it felt good you liked flat surfaces <laughs> it was all I had what else would I go for I mean I guess I could use my hand that would have been more like put some I don't know, something on it and make out. I remember doing that. I think yeah. I made out my elbow pit before. That's smart. See, I should have, yeah. I didn't need yeah. to talk to you when I was 13. <laughs> what was your first mode of masturbation? I was a late baiter and I didn't really, I, when I was younger, I was really into like the smell of my pussy. So I would like smell mm. it and be like, oh, it smells interesting. Oh, yeah. Like mom, smell my finger. And <laughs> she was, wow. she didn't say directly like, um, that's your genitals on your finger. And but she was like, uh, something like, don't do that. And I was like, oh no, my, is that bad? But I never was touching for pleasure. I don't know why. Cause I was not raised with shame around sex within, within my family. So it wasn't really until. I was a teenager. I started to check out my hands. No success. And then I got my first vibrator, the worst ever, like rubber jelly internal. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I didn't get a rash from it. Thank goodness. But like, you know, I didn't do the job. And then I got a a, a Vibratex water dancer, like a pocket rocket kind of thing. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Like the little, little blue pocket yeah. rocket. Yeah, with the prongs. And I yeah. used that. And I had already had penetrative sex with maybe three or four partners at the time. I still had never had an orgasm. I used it on my, my own. I had an orgasm the first time and squirted. And I was like, woohoo, I did it. Wow. <laughs> that was at age 18, probably. Wow. Well, you saved it up for that moment. Yeah. That's exactly. Pretty, Success. That's pretty wild. <laughs> Wow. So Amy, you've been doing shameless sex for six years now? I think we just, yeah, we had our six year anniversary in uh, June, early June. Yeah. Six years. Wow. Every Congratulations. Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's the you. secret to shameless sex? And and <laughs> are, are you unpacking at this point shame around sex or is it just like, is shameless sex just all about just being open and talking about it? What's your focus these days and, and what's your secret to the stamina and success you've had with shameless sex? 
I'd say the unpacking and being open is part of the uncovering and working with the shame, at least for me. So the more I talk about or vulnerably share, whether it's with friends or on the on air or with partners, my uh, sexual baggage, air quotes, and I'll have things that pop up that I totally forgot about, you know, like, wow, that was a that was a trauma that I totally disregarded when it happened. I didn't have any other tools to deal with it likely, or that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to do to feel safe. And now I'm able to look at it without shame and turn it into like a part of my story that was you know traumatic that I can, I've had to do work on and grow. So that's more like my personal journey. The, the podcast itself, it was an accident. Uh, it wasn't really an accident, but uh, we, we just, April and I always knew that we would create something together. We didn't know what it would mm-hmm. be, but we've known each other for over 15 years now. I've been like best friends for over 15 years and we'll both work in the adult toy industry primarily. Uh, although I do coaching with clients, et cetera, and education, but, um, we didn't really know what it would be. And, uh, in 2017, we guested on sex with Emily, both of us together. April's going through divorce. I was going through a heartache. I identify as someone who has some major narcissistic abuse from that relationship that I was in, uh, like ex- not exiting. It was one of the breaks during that time. So I was mm-hmm. heartbroken and devastated and highly addicted to a person that didn't want to be with me and had a great time on that podcast on Emily's show. And we were like, we should start a podcast. So then we did. And it was just for fun. It was for a passion project. Thank God it wasn't just about dating because since then we haven't just been single people dating. We've gone you know, in and out of monogamy, non-monogamy, single, all these different variations. I think the success of it was a couple of things. I mean, our dynamic, I think was, works really, really well mm-hmm. for people. You know, we're the chip and dip show as we, she's chip on dip. <laughs> also, we already had funnels before. Um, like I had funnel, a funnel from Pure Pleasure, uh, the sex shop mm. I've owned with my mom for 12 years as a brick and mortar and still online. So we had a newsletter list. Uh, we had reach within the adult toy industry, April, you all know April's like a celebrity in the adult toy industry. So to gr- start to do like that baby step of growing, it was, our, was very easy to just send it to our people, our, I mean, like our lists, I guess. And then it just grew from there to uh, people word of mouth, you know, talking about it, saying that they loved it. And we listened to their feedback of what they wanted more of, less of. We can't always do all the things, you know. So, yeah, then it just turned into a machine. We never looked back. We would say we said we would do five episodes and then check in. We never checked in. We're just like, this is great. Let's keep doing it. And then it just kept growing. So, yeah, we, we, lo- we love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. How do you feel like you've grown in the course of the podcast of, over these six years? I mean, y'all are probably experiencing this as well, but, you know, to record podcasts with guests means that we're doing, we get, we receive sex education every single week because we're recording Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much every single week, if not sometimes twice a week, sometimes we'll take a week off, but it's because we've recorded before for that week. It's like being in school and getting paid to learn about our favorite subjects ever, uh, which is sex and relationships. And so there's so many pieces that I have learned to apply to my life. I think the one that stands out the most for me currently, just with what's going on in my current life right now, is is more about navigating non-monogamy, which I knew Mm -hmm. a fair amount before from education and all those things. But like, really talking to people on the show and all these different perspectives on how the, to do the different variations of non-monogamy. And yeah, I'm so grateful for that because now I'm uh, implementing that into my, in, in my relationship, but we are together we both are. It's not just me. And I feel like I have so many tools that I probably didn't have six years ago before the podcast. Wow. That's a really good point also that I've discovered, but you put it into such great words where I did not expect that hosting a podcast would be such a therapeutic and educational experience for me. I thought we were going to impart some knowledge to others, but really like it's expanded my life tremendously. Like this is a key part of my well-being at this point. Yeah, I'd say that the direction also changed as a result of that for us because, you know, Robin and I are both sex educators and we actually don't do a lot of sex ed on the podcast because it's like Mm -hmm. we're... Every time that we're thinking about like, oh, what do we want to be talking about? It is more oriented around this, like, this is a really pressing thing that's like affecting us or a thing that we're really interested in learning about or getting perspective on. And so then Mm -hmm. actually like a lot of the more educational segments that we did in the beginning, we need to do more educational (laughs) segments. You know, something that has come up a lot in this season is somatics. Like it's just kind of 
developed naturally out of our conversations that we both have done somatic therapy and we've had a number of guests who are somatic facilitators, but we actually haven't talked to anybody specifically who does like somatic sex ed. And mm-hmm. you, I, I think that this is like the little known fact about you, Amy, is that you are like one of the most like well-educated and versed multi-certified educators out mm-hmm. there in that you've gotten trained in so many different modalities and a lot of them energetic and somatic. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little curious about what drew you to that side of sex ed and sex experiencing, but also just like, I I think a lot of people are exposed to sex ed from this kind of lecture standpoint of like, I'm going to teach you a skill. And I think to get to a lot of the deeper work, you actually really have to experience it in your body. So I just want to hear about this work that you do and how you got into it. Well, I am a super heady person and always have been as far as I can remember. Maybe I was a baby. I wasn't. It's was probably just all feeling. And now I'm trying to learn to be a baby again and be all feeling, but uh, I haven't mastered that art yet. So sex for me personally, when I started being a sexual being until sometime in my you know mid twenties was very much like two people fucking, you know, two different bodies, two different energies. I had heard about like this, you know, tantra and this union Mm -hmm. and this like ecstatic orgasms that like are not like not simultaneous necessarily, but like that, you know, that are feeling like this shared experience. And I had never experienced that before. And so I was already a certified sex educator, uh, already owned a sex shop, was, you know, selling sex toys to people, went to school for psychology and human sexuality at San Francisco State. But I had never had this. I didn't understand. I, I knew it was real, you know, but I didn't I had never experienced it. You know, like sex was satisfying, but it's just like, okay, here's a body and I'm a body. Da, 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 and okay, <laughs> now I maybe have an orgasm whip up my vibrator. That's cool. And I'm not shaming anyone for having orgasms with sex toys. I still use sex toys all the time during sex. And so I think pleasure is pleasure. You do you. But I was curious about the moreness of what it could be, but I... You know, and I kind of had some ideas, but I didn't really fully know. And I had my very first energetic sex, air quotes again, experience because it involved no genitals. It was fully clothed, not even kissing on the lips because I was uh, out of integrity with my partner, essentially cheating on my partner. And the other person I was, was also cheating on their partner. Uh, I hate the term cheating. Ah, stepping out of the boundaries, you know, but the, of what was pre- what was negotiated which probably right. made it really hot. Um, and <laughs> and then we're not kissing and we're not touching genitals. And it was like a three hour, I was in a three hour bubble in a hotel room, probably at the, one of the trade shows you were at, Sarah and Robin, uh, and <laughs> hiding in a hotel room. And it was like all time disappeared. And I was in this sexy vortex and I could feel every cell of my body. And it felt like it was endless. Like it could just keep going. And my my genitals didn't even need to be a part of it. Of course, I was feeling things in my genitals, but they were not being touched. You know, we were there's rubbing and things of bodies, but we had these clear boundaries because it justified why this was okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if we don't matter. kiss, yeah, close to we don't kiss, and there's no genitals, it's totally fine. Except you're having an otherworldly like orgasmic experience yeah. as this is going on. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm with so, you. I'm with you. <laughs> and so I'm like, wow, wow, I can have this experience without genitals, uh, without kissing on the, the lips, you know. And you know, once I got a taste, I, like I couldn't, I just couldn't stop. And not being with that person in, per se, I, I went and ended the relationship I was in, not for the person I was um, having the the. Uh, extra relational affairs with (laughs) I just knew that I there was more that I needed to to seek out on my own and and so it started with that before I dove in so it was my own personal journey of embracing all the aspects of sex of what it could be for me and then I discovered like wow it's infinite okay that's cool I there's infinite possibilities for how I can experience sex or be a sexual being. So like, what do I do with that? And so there was other relationship aspects that contributed to the growth. But I'll speak to the more of the educational piece. I think that once my the brain click of wow, it can be infinite and you're capable of this and so much more. I wanted to learn more about it for myself, but also to work with people as a sex educator. If I'm going to be teaching people from that lecture standpoint, which I'm still 
I still do. I'm very heady, but I, I wanted more tools to speak from the embodied piece and I wanted to understand them in my body. So I did the training with Barbara Corellis for her urban mm. uh, contra professionals training. Super edgy for me in 2014. One day was like module of how to have energy orgasms. We're all like 20 of us breathing ourselves into orgasm in, the, in well, all fully clothed, wow. no, no touching of the genitals in one room. And not that everyone is having orgasms, but Barbara Corellis's definition of orgasm, everyone was having orgasms. I think hers is like a transformational state in a moment of transforms a, a moment in time or something like that, which I love. And another module was a day where how Tantra could be kink and kink could be Tantra mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. uh, sort of naked, like tying each other up, a lot of consent boundaries. So anyways, that was the start of that piece because I believe there's so many amazing tantra teachers out there that it's like they're in their heart and their pussies and their cocks and all their bits mm -hmm. and for me it's like something that I tap in and out of I don't really identify as a tantra teacher anymore um I did for a little bit but anyway so from there I also was like people keep talking to me asking for advice so I was like I'll you know or support in their relationship stuff and so I, I did the somatica training the sex and relationship coaching training that uh somatica really ties in one training that I actually did after Somatica, but also sexological bodywork. So Celeste and Danielle of Somatica did both, both sexological bodywork and Hakomi, which is the training I did after Somatica and other trainings too. That's not all they did. And they created this practice that is a sex and relationship coaching uh, where where you create an intimate container with your client, but you're not touching the genitals. You're not touching the point of orgasm. Clothes stays on. You don't kiss on the lips. That's basically the four boundaries. But like you could dry hump your your client if you if that's part of the educational therapeutic container. So if someone comes to you for this work, is this the same as like if I'm going to get any sort of body work, like I'm talking to a massage therapist and I'm explaining like the things on my body that that need attention and that need like sensitivity and those kinds of things like you're mm -hmm. you someone is coming to you and saying like I'm having these blocks with my sexuality and in my body and I need to clear them. And then it's your job to just sort of figure out the modality that's going to work to do that. Yes. And what I personally did was I, I pick and choose from all my trainings. I pick and choose what, what really works for me and, and how I feel like I can best serve people while feeling like I am being true to myself. Um, and in the beginning of finishing the somatica training, I was doing hands-on work with people, again, different than sexological body work. I mean, they're not, they're fully clothed, not touching genitals. And I, I, sexological body work's on my list of like the next training when I finally have a life to be able to do it. But so I was doing that kind of hands-on work with people where say that it was someone who had a major receiving barrier. I have a hard mm -hmm. time receiving. I'm in my head. I can't be, I don't know how to be in my body. I can't, even what's happening. I don't know if someone's hands are on my genitals and I want their hands on my genitals. I can't even feel it because I'm so on my head. Part of it's like figuring out the stories in their head. And then it could be a touching experience but because it's somatica you know not genitals where i might be touching more like their arms or their hands very slowly or their legs with consent or their feet or their hair or even like maybe intimately like caressing their face and like bringing my face close to their face and along the way like you know asking them what's coming up for them as as I'm in this experience with them. Uh, and a lot of folks, especially with receiving barriers, are like, I, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I need to be doing mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And then helping them to like, you know, okay, let's notice that. And like that thought and, and maybe understanding more. So like, how, where does that, this is more Hakomi. This is more like my later training after that for two years of like, when's the first time that you can think of right now when that thought popped right. up? You know, how old is this story? Whose voice is that? How is it serving you? How do you feel like it's because it could, right? It's a protector. Mm -hmm. And how is it also not serving you? And what is what does the that part of you need to help you feel most often safe in mm -hmm. your body? And so, yeah, these days I'm working with people mostly on Zoom, so there's not a lot of touch, but I can still guide people to touch mm -hmm. themselves and you know, on their arms again legs things like that um and i can with the hakomi training part of the thing that we can guide them in is like would it be safe if we pretended like your hand was my hand you know mm -hmm. and, and so can you touch your face right now and imagine that's my hand caressing your face and just seeing what comes up from there and then working from that place as well it's a lot of imagination. It's like story time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of like fantasy play too. I would guess that clients can form an attachment 
in those situations and some displacement of feelings of amorous mm-hmm. and, you know, feelings of desire and those sorts of things. Like what can you do in your work with them to kind of mitigate or perhaps even just like name that that is likely going to be part of it? Or I'd wonder vice yeah. versa as well. Yeah, you can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good old transference and Counter-transference, I think, is when it comes your way as the the therapist. I'm not a therapist, but the mm-hmm. coach. Um, and somatica covers this, and their thought is you're creating an intimate container. Transference happens. Counter-transference happens. And part of somatica, one thing I love is it's all about embracing desire and not having to pretend like we don't have desire, right? It's yeah. we don't have to walk down the street and and have a thought like, oh, I'm, you know, I feel my genitals pulsating right now. And be like, oh, I'm so bad for feeling that. But it doesn't mean we get to touch other people and like take our clothes off and like roam and hump a tree. But it's still like, how can we embrace desire when desire is here and within this container with each other when you're working with a client, you're essentially inviting them to, to feel their desire and speak to it. Now, but there's a difference between having desire in this moment, like why well, I'm, I'm feeling desire here with you to like, well, I think I'm actually really into you or, you know, right. or, the, or something along those lines. And it happens all the time. One of the reasons why I did step away from doing as much hands-on touch as I was doing before was because of that. Mm-hmm. When I did somatica, they're like, your client's going to be cis men who have wounding around women. And I was like, why? And like, cause you're an attractive woman and you're, you know, a, a cis straight woman. So like, you're, you know, you're perfect for that healing. I was like, oh, I don't want to be put in that little box. That's terrible. Not right. terrible like, because of them, but like, but it ended up kind of being that. And so I'd have these experiences with really, really wonderful people. And there was a couple circumstances where they would develop, they dealt, develop feelings for me. And, and I just, you know, lovingly work with that and shame them. Like, you're not allowed to feel them. It's like, well, that makes sense why you would feel that way. We shared some really intimate moments and I do care about you. I really do. And also this is a, you know, a working therapeutic container. And I think that that's fine. I just, I felt like it was too much for me to handle. It sounds exhausting. Exactly. I was exhausted. You need more repair after that. It's like this constant repair of like, okay, how do we make sure that everyone's feeling safe and in this? And I think it's possible for people to work with other folks in a therapeutic setting that involves touch. Genitals, I think it's a little tricky and I never did that work. That's why I like sexological body work because they don't create the intimate experience there. It's separate, right? Mm. That's why somatica is the intimate experience. We're in a container. I'm in an intimate relationship with you to to do this Mm -hmm. learning and healing. And sexological body work is I'm going to use, you know, my hands and my energy only doing what you tell me to do for healing and learning, but they don't bring in that like intimate relationship. And I think personally, this is my opinion. Y'all can disagree with me. I think they need to be separate. Mm-hmm. unless you're super super skilled but i from uh, most cases it's it's can be a lot safer to keep them in a in a separate space and this i'm not this is implied it's in my mind to like kink spaces like pro doms things i think that that's that's a little different but we're talking about healing your childhood wounding right and i'm touching your genitals at the same time maybe not in the same exact conversation it can get messy it's so interesting because i was wondering how you're able to connect somatically via Zoom or even via the podcast. But what you're really revealing is that that barrier actually kind of facilitates the point of what you're doing because it's not necessarily to get intimate with your therapist. It's to open you up to intimacy Mm -hmm. and to help you learn about how to be intimate with other people ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, am yeah. I reading that correctly? A hundred percent. And, and I would prefer to work with people in person because the screen, like we're doing a podcast right now, we know the screen adds this barrier that makes it so yeah. it's hard. You, we can't feel each other's energy in this space, which makes it easier to really work together. And the screen makes it so we can work with anyone all over, which is great. You can work with people on the screen, on a screen and still have this intimate way of being with them. And it still like is a guaranteed filter there that that does add a little more, I'd say safety in the way of not going into the transference space or counter transference mm-hmm. space. And it has its limits as as well, for sure. Uh, in, in how I can really like 
feel people. And a lot of people, honestly, they're coming to me more for a lot of the work that y'all have done, like just to get permission to be them, just to have someone like see them, witness them, tell them there's nothing wrong with them and still love them in that space. And that doesn't have to be in person. I can do that over a screen. I mean, I had a client who, and I don't usually, again, genitals aren't usually part of it, meaning like I don't do masturbation coaching, um, which a lot of sexological body workers do even over the internet, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not trained in it, but I had a client who he had concern and, and shame around his penis and specifically around the head uh, where he has, he still has foreskin, but it doesn't move all the way back. And so he was describing it over and over again and talking about the ways that, and we could talk about how he touches himself and like, you know, what's the masturbation practice like, and do you feel pain? And, and he also never had sex before. So he was very curious about like, how will this apply? to sex and it just came down to where he was like can I just show you and I was like huh let me think about that because I have not had a client show their genitals on zoom yet (laughs) at that point Mm -hmm. now I have Uh, I was like you know what I actually feel very comfortable with that and I'm just going to remind you or not remind you but tell you like this is just for me to you know see and witness um and and uh so it's just going to be you kind of showing me and describing what this feels like in your body to have this penis or, and not, so I'm not asking you to touch it, like, no, like not asking you to stroke it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and it's okay if you feel desire by showing me. And, but this is the container of what we are going to be doing right now. And he said, okay. And I think that was really helpful for him because I was able to be like, oh, that's a beautiful cock. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and I've, I've actually like never really on camera cause we've, I've never seen a cock on camera other than in porn. Well, and maybe some, from some partners, but not from a client, but I've also never really seen like how the foreskin can get stuck when you're hard. Cause I mm-hmm. haven't been intimate with someone who has that experience. I've just, you know, heard about it and, you know, I can see why that might be challenging for you, you know, can, and, uh, but it's still a beautiful, beautiful cock. So can you like describe more about like what feels challenging about that? What point is it? Is it, is it painful or uncomfortable? And what kind of movements have you tried? What kind of movements with your hands could you try differently that might feel better? We concluded slower, obviously, <laughs> with a lot of lube. It's almost always yes. slower. It's, everybody's yeah. going so fast all the time. It's almost always like, just calm down. Yeah. And it, take your time. That's been my homework for like how many years? Ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just saw a survey focused on sex education and asking people where they learned about sex. Number one response was by doing it. Number two response was porn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we've got a real problem here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's going to keep on going. It's, oh, it's goodness. the blind mm-hmm. leading the blind based on what they saw in porn. We're fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. in a good way. Literally. <laughs> this is why we have jobs, though, because yeah, there's so, so much good. to yeah. continue to support so along work the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robin, you were observing that the intimate container is really centered in becoming intimate with yourself. And so I'm curious if there's something that you've done with clients that is an exercise that folks can try that is about knowing yourself or not judging yourself or just getting grounded in you. So I have a fun example about this and it's over Zoom. So this would be, this example will be more accessible for people. I'll start it with, I really like helping people tap into their ultimate inner unique wild human whatever that is and wild meaning like like what kind of animal what kind of sexy animal are you we have our all, all of these in variations for some people the word sexy doesn't work for them either so like but that that like primal part of yourself that can just be all body and mm-hmm. and just like move and go with whatever this this animal body uh, wants, needs, and desires with yourself um, because you're only abiding by your own boundaries and consent within that moment. So on screen, if I was working with someone, I would do a very like small scale way of guiding them through this so they have a, a taste of it to go and do the deeper practice on their own. Because I mean, I'm sure I could guide it the deeper practice on their own with me on the screen. 
and I have a feeling most people wouldn't fully go into their, their ultimate expression of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that deeper research in you know, in your own bedroom or cabin in the woods or wherever you can go to like <laughs> unleash the awesome inner beast is where this the power comes in. But, you know, the question is like, well, how do you do that? And so for folks listening, the, the smaller scale version that's very much more like PG, you know, very light is kind of going into you know, some sort of meditative space, meaning, no, we don't need to be like, you know, this transcendent Om Shanti, whatever, more like you're, you know, ideally closing your eyes, taking some deep breaths, trying to feel your breaths and in your lower belly expanding in and out. Um, and, and I like to start with actually um, breathing in the chest for a couple breaths, then moving it down to the abdomen, then moving it down to the lower belly, because I think that it helps people see, oh, I can move my breath. I can move my focus. Mm. And then I'm like, now let's bring it to the genitals. Try breathing into your genitals. And they're usually like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I can't breathe in my genitals. I'm like, let's just try this. So taking a deep breath that you imagine you're still feeling your lower belly, but it moves beyond your lower belly in to your pelvic floor. And if they're unaware of the pelvic floor, then there's a teaching moment. And that is, let's feel your pelvic floor. Pretend like right now someone's going to walk in and you're, you're peeing and you need to stop and, and clenching up. Oh, there it is. That's your pelvic floor. Uh, but now instead of that, try pushing your pelvic floor down as much as possible so that wherever you're sitting or standing, your genitals are trying to get to the ground as far down as they can. That's the full release. And so when you're breathing into your pelvic floor, your pelvic floor doesn't tighten and go. Instead, it's opening up like a balloon or you can imagine it Uh, it being a balloon you can even assign a color to it you know if we're doing like chakras you could be you know red for the root or orange for for the second chakra and imagining this like orange balloon expanding your pelvic floor pushes down as you inhale and then your pelvic floor kind of like i don't want to say tightens but like relaxes and releases as you exhale uh, mm-hmm. And from that place, once you feel like you're in that, you now can feel your pelvic floor all the way up, you know, through your head and focus on this mostly full body. And, you know, we could bring the legs and feet into it, but we don't have to. From that place, then if you could like just let your body start to 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 move, you know, when your eyes are still closed, how how does it want to move right now? Uh, maybe your hands want to start just getting curious about your hands as if there's someone else's hands moving on your body. Mm-hmm but they are moving how they want, not how you think they should. So do they want to move fast or slow? Where are they going? What are your hands feeling when you're touching your body, but also what is your body feeling when you're touching your hands? Whoa, mind blown. Maybe they want to like grab at some things and like pull at your hair or, or make their way to the genitals or not. And just letting this be this natural experience of curiosity. And that's the small scale version and then of course slowly come out everyone don't do that and you'll be like oh here we are back to reality but (laughs) (laughs) but then behind closed doors the homework would be that plus get on the floor like not the bed not the couch not the chair get on the floor and you could be clothed naked whatever you want but make sure you're safe no one's going to walk in you feel comfortable do the same thing but on the floor like on your back even your belly something like that And then after you're doing that kind of hands, body start to sway, get curious about this like animal part of you. And it's it's going to look and feel ridiculous. Like if you're a bear or a lion or a, I don't know, a falcon, whatever, just be that. And maybe you're like start, or maybe you're a snake and you start having these little snake movements and you're like, you're hissing and you're like, oh my God, this is so stupid. What if someone saw this? No one's seeing you. Like no one's there. Mm-hmm. So you remind yourself that, okay, no, this is just for me. I feel silly, but sex is silly at times, right? So uh, letting that like keep it to expand and expand and expand. And if you want to bring it to touching yourself to, you mean your genitals mostly. I mean, we're touching ourselves, we're genitals, touching yourself in whatever way feels best and pleasurable in your genitals. And if you get to a point of orgasm, let that animal roar. Like, this is why we need to be like, hey, housemates, can you leave for two hours so I can get someone to watch the children? And I personally have had really powerful experiences with this. I had a client who had these orgasms. This is a penis owning person that he, he felt was very like, huh, kind of not satisfying. And he he did this practice at home. And he messed me the next day. He's like, Amy, I'm a bear. I was like, you're a bear. Tell me more. And he's like, oh my God, I'm a bear. And I had like 
10 mind-blowing orgasms and it was the best thing ever. <laughs> wow, bare and, orgasms. And then it transferred into his sex with his partner where his partner was wanting more of his like expression, you know, more of his mm. voice, more of feeling more of his, not just passion for this partner, but more of him being expressing his like, ah, here I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never heard back since. It sounds like everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He just had to find his inner bear. I love it. Oh, it was one great. session. I was like, that is the most successful wow. session I've ever done. With <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, so you have a retreat coming up. Are yes. some of these things going to be involved in the retreat? Because I'm like, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what kind of experience is this going to be? I'm very interested. So shameless sex style, uh, the retreat is a mixture of like fun, play, relaxation, nourishment, and also like community because it's, it's a whole, it's all Volvo owning shameless sex fans all together. There's like 17 mm. of us. Kristen will be there with us, which I'm excited. Kristen's like, can we teach a twerk shop? I'm like, dude, that's on you. You're teaching oh that. <laughs> I can't teach a twerk shop. I want to be in a workshop with Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then it's going to be combined with that, the educational piece. So it's not till November 1st of 2023. It's in Costa Rica in Manuel Antonio. Oh. And we have this big, luxurious, gorgeous retreat space. And so we're go- we have a lot of ideas of what we want to do, but we're actually going to ask all the people coming, take a poll of like what they're most interested in instead of us deciding what are you all most interested Mm -hmm. in and let's gauge like what y'all are most interested in Uh, so it could be everything from a twerk shop to to this kind of workshop process um, inner animal thing that i'm describing to some form of like you know erotic ecstatic dance to like a a erotic photo shoot of how to like tap into your your version of sexy or sexy is not your word whatever that word or words those words are for your expression of like i'm in my most badass erotic self it's all kinds of other things it will be a mixture of fun play you know, dance by the pool. If you want to be naked, be naked. If you don't want to be naked, don't be naked. You can get massages and then learning. And I, ultimately, our, our our end goal is we want people to hopefully be leaving feeling more like stoked on and in their erotic being mm. or bodies and feeling really connected and supported to and by community as well. Like part of the shameless sex, part of our family. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. like it's already sold out. Is that right? It might already be sold out when this airs and it may not, but it's pretty much almost already sold out. We, we do have a wait list for, um, for folks already too. That's we'll amazing. On the next one. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. That kind of answers my question a little bit, but I know you to be a Pisces like myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have, we've had many like water sign moments uh, with you and April and, and Kristen. And I have a Virgo rising. And so this period of COVID where we've gone totally online is like totally taps into my Virgo nature of like, this is so efficient and I love it. <laughs> I can get all the things done in the day that I want to, but that energetic side of me that really wants that connection and energetic exchange has, you know, quieted in, in some endeavors over the last few years. And like, while I feel very connected to Robin through this process, because like we get to share ideas, there is like this kind of inherent disembodiment of podcasting Mm -hmm. because you're not actually getting to like so selfishly I want to know as such an embodied energetic person you know what of that do you kind of bring into your podcasting practice and how do you like merge kind of the two modalities to keep that connection to yourself to your podcasting partner to your listeners Hmm. I am learning every day about myself uh in all all aspects of life and i will do that till the till the day i'm this body is not here on this on this earth or at least my being is not in this body this is this is kind of a side note but i have a major issue with interrupting <laughs> i get really excited and i'm like ah let me talk about all the things ah! And, um, and that is my heady non-embodied self that is just in my mind like and i'll have like Honestly, I feel like I have months or years where I'm like on it and I'm better at it. And then I'll just kind of fall off the interruption wagon uh, and I'll get feedback from April. April's giving me feedback. You're, you interrupt me a lot um, or, or like to say you interrupt the, the speaker often. And I'm like, fuck, I need to like hone that in. I'm in my head. Uh, and I'm trying so hard not to interrupt you right now, but I can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, seriously, I interrupt them by saying that. There you go. Yeah, I, I also interrupt. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> right, go ahead, go it's, ahead. It's hard to do. And and people, I've had people say, like, I know you're so excited about something and like, you need to slow down. Like, yeah, you're right. And this is a long answer to what you're asking, Sarah, is it's, it's a dance and it's a constant learning of being here and being in my body. The best way for me to stay embodied with guests is to really actively listen not just listen to the words, but they look at, be able to look at them on the screen and see the way their body is moving, their, their facial gestures, you know, part when Komi, you call that tracking, you're, you know, it sounds creepy, but you're, like, well, you're, you're tracking the energy, you know, and, and because the body yeah. expresses that, um, which is easier to do in person. Also, I, I need to be able to track or work well with April, who's generally next to me. And I recently, part of my interruption problem is I gave her permission to like tap or pinch me if she feels like I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm doing the thing, I give you full permission to like poke me and tell me I'm doing the thing and I won't be mad at you. So yes, my long version of it is it's a dance. And the awareness for me comes from feedback from people and not not being upset that I'm getting feedback yeah. that is feels critical because it's useful. They're not telling me I'm an mm-hmm. asshole or I'm an idiot. They're saying like what you're doing uh, here is, is, is not helpful for any of us, including the listener. And it's my heady self getting in the way. So different kind of answer to what you were asking per se, but I would say getting, staying curious about how I can constantly be the better version of myself, not just for other people, for me too but also for other people that I'm trying to, to serve and support. It's a real growth mindset. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect. Surprise. <laughs> what do you have coming up that you want folks to know about? <gasps> a book. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. April and I, we slayed this book. We slayed it real good. And we almost lost it. our minds. <laughs> so April and I wrote a book, everyone. It will not be out till November 14th of 2023. You can pre-order on our website, shamelesssex.com. And if you pre-order it, we want you to pre-order because it, it helps our numbers. You get uh, a free bonus workshop that is only given, it's a video workshop of us teaching uh, about pampering your partner and giving and receiving exercises. And we are happen to just be tastefully in lingerie with me, Demily and April. We came up with this concept in 2018. So the podcast was only like a year old. And we're like, this is a feels like a unique concept. We feel really good about it. We should write a book. And then we felt into it and we we have more to learn. Our podcast has only been Mm. around for a year and we had a lot of other stuff going on. So it was on the back burner until a book agent came to us in 2021 and said, you all should write a book. You have so much content. And we're like, well, we actually have an idea. And it's not just like all here. It's not just like our podcast in words, you know, written because mm-hmm. that would be boring. Uh, you just listen to our podcast or get it transcribed. Instead, it is. So the premise of shameless sex is very much not not that we'll not that you won't ever have shame around sex again. Uh, right. It's that we all have shame. We've had shame. We'll probably continue to get it. And how do we work with shame as a teacher? Part of doing that is not about us telling you who you should be as a sexual being, because that's the shame right there. Like this idea of like, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or I should be this or less of this or more of that. So instead, it's about how can we teach you as much as we can with all as many ideas and you choose while abiding by consent what works best for you as a sexual being. And so the book is very much geared towards that. It's essentially like a map or a guide to navigate through, to, to make great your own answers for where you want to go. You know, here's my issue or my mm. challenge or my question. And instead of us saying, here's the answer, it's, well, where do you want to go? Mm. Like what, what, where do you, kind of like I do with clients when I coach with them, right? So you could kind of be your own coach. And so if you want to go here, it's like choose your own adventure, but that's trademarked. Love so it. <laughs> uh, and it's not fiction, but it's if you want to go here, continue reading on. If this, what, this is the outcome you want, go to this page. If this is the outcome you want, go to that page. And you create the sexual menu or idea, at least in this moment, of who you want to be or are as a sexual being. So the book is called Shameless Sex, and there's a working title. And I always forget it, but I think it's <laughs> become the ultimate sexual or something about the old sex life you've been waiting for. See, I can never it's right. just called Shameless Sex. <laughs> it's called Shameless Sex, and that's all we know. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's designed to be something you access over and over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now, maybe you just read this one area because that's where you're feeling either stuck or wanting more supported. But then in two years, you're stuck in another area and like, well, wait, I need I need to go back to this other thing. And so you then it's there for this other direction that you might want to take. 
That sounds so versatile. Yeah, I love yeah. That. It's really Imagine wonderful. writing that though, because when you write yeah, it, you're yeah. writing the past, present, and future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, what's sounds... every angle we can cover? What's Intense. every angle that exists? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, trying to be as inclusive as possible. Wow, good yeah. luck. Yeah, no wonder we were pulling yeah. our hair out and not talking yeah. to anyone for a year and a half, but we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, when we remember, we like to leave our guests with an affirmation. So yeah. I am pulling one for you right Ooh. now. Ah, when the world says you can't say fucking watch me. <laughs> That's great. Is this like a, a deck for fuck yeah podcast that has fucking all the affirmations? I mean, it is a sweary affirmation bag. Yeah. And Robin and I have talked lightly about like, we need to make our own. Absolutely. Yeah, make your own. The yeah. fuck yeah version. <gasps> I love it. Yes. Oh my God. Can't wait to host you both on our show. So everyone listening, they'll be on Shameless Sex sometime soon in the next mm-hmm. couple months. We've been wanting this for a while. And so we'll make it happen. And we're aiming for in person so we can really feel the energy <laughs> yeah let's do our energy pool. going yeah in the pool yes. oh, even better <laughs> robin what did you think about that conversation with amy well first of all amy has a very similar energy to april mm. just free spiritness about both of them that i really enjoy recommend listening to their podcast or they're a great TikTok follow. There's always like great tidbits and unexpected things. So it was a real delight to have her. Yeah. They're living that like awesome Santa Cruz life. They are what I think of when I think Santa Cruz. The big takeaway for me, I think is really the talking about the containers was really fascinating to me. Like you introduced the idea of containers to me through witchy stuff you know, and creating a container for the magic and all of this stuff. And I think I I even have some magical containers from you. And so then to hear her use the idea of a container, but it being like a therapeutic safe space, I just thought that was, that was pretty fascinating. And then I think you mentioned something about kink containers and it just really seemed like this whole thing of like, if we're going to be vulnerable, we need to trust the environment and trust the people that we're with, that they're not going to go beyond our boundaries and respect our consent. And the idea, you know, that she was talking about her nudist space. It's like Mm -hmm, part of mm -hmm. that container for nudity is that the fences were built with this in mind so that people can't peek over or, you know, there's all these outdoor nudist things that you can do in that space. And so that container is just primed for nudity. You know, and that you can make these containers in other spaces as well. I think it's a nice way to think about it. Well, I want to call out your love of like physical containers. That's um, true. And that yes. I, I love that you also love the energetic container. Um, <laughs> Any old container will do. Yeah. So a couple of things stood out to me about that in terms of kink space when she she was describing the work that she actually does with clients I was like oh like how how do you create a container around that and then that got me thinking about kink and it's like oh I think maybe the power dynamic in kink I mean obviously the negotiation the communication but that like really strong power deferential Mm -hmm. is kind of a key component of keeping that container but when I started teach it because you know I teach as part of the uh, sex educator certification program I do the kink affirming sex ed module in that program like introducing new educators to kink and how you talk about kink and like why kink is okay and that sort of thing has really evolved for me over the I guess it's been four years now that I've been teaching as part of that program And the study that you shared with me has been so integral in me thinking about kink containers, the playground study with the kids, where they they bring the the teachers, bring the kids to the playground, they observe them in spaces without fences and with fences. What they Mm -hmm. found is that with a fence, the kids Mm -hmm. will play all the way up to the fence. That's right. And without a fence, they stay huddled around their teachers, their caregivers, et cetera. And that it is that 
like actual physical boundary container on the playground that creates the safety to go like right up to the boundary. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the idea of containers is really like an essential concept of kink, or at least it has become that for me. Wow. I had forgotten about that study. You know, who told me about it originally was sex nerd Sandra when they were training me at the pleasure chest in, in teaching. And I, I found it so fascinating that I looked it up and sure enough, it's exactly like they said, but yeah, that's so interesting how boundaries really help us. I know as an artist, when I'm trying to be creative, to have no bounds is really difficult. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's why some people will be like, I'm a painter. I work within mm-hmm. these boundaries. Mm-hmm. I'm a painter who does this type of thing or whatever. For me, it's like I can do so many different things. It's hard for me to decide on what I want to do. But if I have a an assignment, like I did really well in art school, I'm like, give me the assignment, you know, or like I have this weekly assignment of editing the podcast. And it's like within that container, I feel like I can flourish because mm-hmm. I know what I'm working with. It applies to so many different spaces, even like the container that our kids go to school. <laughs> the, the school yeah. container, yeah. the way that they behave there, and you know what's expected of you in your different containers. I love you calling out that you learned that from sex nerd Sandra getting trained at Pleasure Chest, and then mm-hmm. that piece of information passed on to you, and then mm-hmm. it passed on to me, and now I actually can't tell you how many, I mean, hundreds maybe of new mm-hmm. sex educators, or I mean, not new, like a lot of people go through the certification program who are quite accomplished, or have gotten information about that study, and it just reminded me that that was one of our original motivations for this podcast was the idea of like oral storytelling and that it has as much value as, you know, textbook learning and that Sandra was one of the very first people that we wanted to have on the podcast. So I'm just having a little moment. It's nice. (laughs) Speaking of really amazing sex educators, Amy mentioned Barbara Corellis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Barbara Corellis, I have had the privilege of being part of a facilitated retreat with Barbara and her book, Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century, I feel like has gotten a lot of flack from the Gen Zers because it is not like Tantra is a very binary sure practice and Mm -hmm. this was like a book I want to say it was written in the 90s that was really trying to kind of expand the the container of Tantra if you read it now it is not as intersectional as we would want it to be right I'm going to say that as a preface but I just want to give such huge shouts to Barbara Corellis, who I think is, you know, just really an in- incredible human. And I do still pull exercises from this book. So I thought we could do one. Oh, fun. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So I opened up to a page, page 112, and I laughed to myself because I was like, I've done this exercise and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Ooh. Sounds fun. So I'm going to share it with everyone. It is an eye gazing exercise. Oh, wow. The idea of this exercise is that you eye gaze with yourself. Whoa. Yeah. So now you can tell why this makes me a little uncomfortable because I have a hard time even with the self hug. So going into this, you know that you like it might make you feel exposed. It might kind of feel a little silly. You might have a strong urge to look away, but try. Give it a try. See what comes up for you. It's really a trust exercise. So what you do is you hold a hand mirror in one hand or you go to the bathroom mirror and you place your other hand on your heart. Oh boy. You look into the mirror. I know this is a this is a tearjerker. Y'all. And you look into your own non-dominant eye. So if you're right-handed, your left eye is your non-dominant eye. And if you're left-handed, your non-dominant eye is your right eye. And you breathe. And as you gaze into your own eye, have an intimate dialogue with yourself. Try to speak it out loud. If it (gasps) makes you feel too uncomfortable, say it silently. 
And as you become more comfortable with this kind of intimacy, it will become easier to speak out loud. So try using the following as a guideline for your dialogue. Just complete these statements with as much truth and love as you can. So you're gazing into your non-dominant eye and you are saying to yourself, I love you for blank. Uh I forgive you for fill in the blank. If I really loved you, I would feed you well. Because I really love you, I will. Wow. And then you sit with those feelings and you see notice what comes up. So we got to try it. When Amy was describing the exercise of being on the floor and being an animal and being loud and, you know, all of this stuff. And then you describing this where, again, you're alone, but we're talking about things that most everyone I can think of, including myself, feel very awkward to the point of like a lot of people wouldn't do these things. Even if you were by yourself, breaking out of that where you're constrained by embarrassment and shame and risking that someone could see you breaking out of that it does seem like another layer of intimacy with yourself that I hadn't really considered before Mm -hmm. like staring into your own eyes and actually verbally saying things to yourself seems very powerful and super embarrassing scary and scary and I and I want to now try it because I have these feelings that like fear protective feelings fear of vulnerability with myself like if I'm not going to be vulnerable with myself how are you going to do it with somebody else you know like RuPaul says I want to do Amy's exercise the wild animal inside and uh, I should probably give the eye gazing exercise another another go around another try maybe we should try it and then uh, check back in yeah report back or if you dear listener want to eye gaze and let us know how it went or by the way, I've been thinking, we mm-hmm. would love to hear your fuck yes. You yes. can make a little audio note or however you do it, like make a little audio recording on your phone. You can email it to us at fyapod at gmail.com. You could send it to us on TikTok. By the way, I started telling people, if you comment in the first celebrity crush TikToks about what, who your crush is, send me an audio And I'll make a a little one for you. Tell me about your crushes. What is it that makes you crush on them? I'll make a little one for you. I love this offering. I love that you are offering this to people. It's so generous. And these TikToks are so fun. So follow us at Fuck Yeah Pod, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, fyapod at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss one of our awesome guests. And better yet, leave us a review so that other people find us. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck Yeah Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah Tom Chesson, hashtag my mom, and Robin Jennings. Theme music is by she, her, sir. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, or share with a friend. You can get in touch by emailing us at fyapod at gmail.com or find us online at fuckyapod.com. Thanks for tuning in.